When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Have you made the switch to NYX? Millions of women have made the switch to the revolutionary period underwear from NYX. That's K-N-I-X. Period panties from NYX are like no other, making them the number one leak-proof underwear brand in North America. They're comfy, stylish, and absorbent, perfect for period protection from your lightest to your heaviest days. They look, feel, and machine wash just like regular underwear, but feature incognito protection that has you covered. You can shop sizes from extra small to 4XL. Choose from all kinds of colors, prints, and different styles, from bikinis to boy shorts, thongs to high-rise. You've got to try NYX. See why millions are ditching disposable, wasteful period products and have switched to NYX. Go to knix.com and get 15% off with promo code TRY15. That's nix.com promo code TRY15 for 15% off life-changing period underwear. That's knix.com. Pluto. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the Schmoda. What's up, Movie Tree Schmodown fans? Welcome to the Schmodown Rundown, the official after the Movie Tree Schmodown. My name is Brad Gilbert. You want to know me by another name? You might know me as The Boat. Oh my God, you're my dream boat for sure. Hashtag best of all time. Hashtag Brad's opinion is true. Hashtag boat life. Hashtag I'm on a boat. And can I get a great Scott? Great Scott. <laughs> so I'm joined, as always, by the man. He's got great numbers. He doesn't have ugly numbers. He doesn't have bad numbers. He has great and sexy numbers. His name is Frank Janish, but we call him whoa, 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 West Coast Frank. I appreciate everything you just said there for my introduction, but your introduction, you know, sometimes you, you, you really do throw me for a loop. Uh, the, the whole the whole rundown. That one got me. That one I could not. Um, thank God for Leah Thompson and... and and Christopher Lloyd to save it. Um, man, incredible stuff right there. Just <laughs> Wait, you peak. didn't like my... <laughs> <laughs> it was like, let's get ready. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, um... well, you know, I got to keep you on your toes, Frank. You know what I mean? I, I need to make sure that you're active, you're engaged. You know, you're not taking any segments off. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. I need to make sure that you're you in know? it. Yeah, I'm not checking out. Definitely don't not. Don't check out. All right, Can't this isn't out. the time to do your research. Okay, I've already done the research. I am. Oh, the research. stop crying! All right, stop crying, <laughs> you little baby. Um, oh, but we wow. have a great show for you yeah, this I'm not week, the one wearing man. Pink. Okay, salmon. Whatever. Yeah, it's I think actually, it's salmon. Nice it's a nice color. Thank you. It looks good on my skin. <laughs> um, guys, wow, what a show it was last week. We caused some inadvertent or uh, or, or not 
on purpose. That's inadvertent, right? <laughs> Heat between some people. All of a sudden, I'm looking at SEN. John Roca's firing from the hip on Adam Collins. Adam Collins seemed to be blindsided by it. Uh, I don't know what happened there. And then I got a call from Ben Bateman. And Ben Bateman was like, I started listening to the rundown. And I said, oh, my God, I hate these guys. Let me just call Gilmore. <laughs> Oh, did he really? I mean, yeah, I think I think he was playing, but we were uh, we were a little 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 rough. I don't on him. I don't know. Right? We weren't. No, we weren't. We weren't. I thought okay. we were actually pretty pretty fair, and and actually, I think I wasn't as I didn't go as hard as I could have gone. I I mean, I could have well, I really dug this. in. I could have, but like at the same time, I think during when we were talking about it, try and convey some sort of like actual and sincere sympathy for like the situation he was in i could that's the route i chose to go however i could have went a completely opposite route of that and just railed him for for that that performance but you know uh these players they they you know they put a lot into the game and i wasn't gonna you know um trample all over that just because of how the match turned out yeah. Well, well, you know, I will say that I I think I was in the vast minority of people who thought that the two-pointer was an adequate and correct two-pointer. Most people disagree with that. Most people thought it was at least a three. But what? But I thought Ben said something really interesting on backstage, and I know we're not going to relitigate this from last week, yeah. but just real quick. He said something I thought was really interesting on backstage. He said, you know what, really, it didn't matter if it was a two, a three, or a five. I wouldn't have gotten it no matter what it was rated at, and it would have cost me the match. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, um, you know, shout out to Ben Bateman. And uh, I guess, how, how many Lucas Black jokes are we going to get? Um, you know, I'm, I'm honestly kind of like over that. I'm so over it already. Um, I was I'm never so really like, you know, it, it, it happened, you know. And, and personally, I felt like the community was like at a 50-50 split in terms of it was an adequate two-pointer. Because you're asking for the lead of a movie. And I feel like that's a two-pointer, regardless if it's Lucas Black or whoever. So mm-hmm. it is what it is. I understand people want to say that uh, it's oh, it's a borderline three. Okay, you know, it is what it is. And, and to his credit, you know, he said, like, whether it was two, three, or five, he wasn't going to get it. He never saw the movie. So, you know. How do you not see Tokyo Drift? Whoever I mean, the girl was in that, I was, like, a big fan of. Oh, yeah, I remember. Uh, uh. I can't think of the name, but yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, Ben couldn't think of the name either. hi <laughs> Um. Anyway, yeah, so shout out to everybody from last week uh, who t- tuned in live. We appreciate all of you. But this week, man, the Schmodown, Ultimate Schmodown Tournament continues, and boy, were there some matches. There were some matches this week, and I just don't mean that in the actual sense because there were four matches occurred that, that occurred. There were some really great matches this week we started with brendan meyer and mark andreka we ended with perry nimeroff and mark riley those were compelling in all their own ways we had some fun in the middle with lishan and miller and chance ellison and boy did we have some fun with that match so we're going to get into all of them uh on the show this week frank what what where are we currently um with anything going on in the movie trivia schmodown i mean what what news i know by the way we saw the debut of one-on-one last week the yeah. re-debut and uh, Dan Merle's show, I love. I watched the Dark Knight episode um, this morning at the time that we're doing this. So this is Thursday morning. Uh, so maybe I didn't watch it. Yeah, I watched it this morning. When did it come out? Last night? Wednesday. It came out Wednesday afternoon. Wednesday. So yeah, I watched Wednesday's it Thursday Wednesday's at morning. 4 p.m. Pacific. Right, right. <laughs> and it drops. Right. It's 
going to be dropping earlier on the podcast feed. So Yes. Yeah, it was like up in the morning, I think, on the podcast feed or something like that. Um, but he did a show in the Dark Knight, and I got to relive a lot of a lot of it. You know, I remembered a lot about the Dark Knight, and I'm so glad he brought up those GCN news yeah, segments yeah. because I was one of those Comcast subscribers who would watch those as they were coming out for the viral marketing. And you know, maybe they were cheesy, but at the time, I had never seen any movie do that before, so it really got me to buy all the way in and whoever the news guy was who was the same guy who played in, in the movie um great that guy was great that's probably going to be a, a 10 pointer in the next next season <laughs> right yeah. um but <laughs> but it was great so yeah shout out to those new shows but i think we also have some news on a rule book yeah i saw a christian posted in the facebook group that the uh the rule book was uh submitted and like officially and it was retooled by uh he named uh William the Beast Bibiani. I don't know if 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 we're allowed to say who else was on the quote unquote committee just because well, then it wasn't, don't. It was yeah, I'm not going to just because I can't spoiler alert, I wasn't on it. <laughs> <laughs> spoiler alert. Uh anyways, the, the rule book is a thing and uh and you know, it's coming it's going to those rules go into effect uh, next year, if you didn't know, <coughs> Mike Kalinowski, <coughs> Mike Kalinowski, if you didn't know, <coughs> rules come into effect next year. It's a really My, oddly specific cough you just had there. Yeah, I, I think, think I'm coming down with something, but I think, you know, you know, <coughs> I'm good COVID now. Out. You're coming down with a COVID-nowski? <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe, so. Uh, okay, continue. Yeah, yeah, so... That rule book, all those rules will come out uh, or be implemented officially from that book in next into next season. So no one has to worry about things changing this year or, or what or, or what have you. Uh, that's not going to be um, the case. So I we'll look forward to it next year. And then I don't know if that book's going to be released publicly or not. Uh, I, that's that and that decision not up to me. And whatever the case may be, you know. I mean, I'll be fine with it because I'll, I'll know what's in it. But, I mean. <laughs> but you know, for you guys out there, I know. <laughs> Y'all are just going to be sitting around waiting. Yeah, you're just, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you might be waiting forever. Um, yeah, well, you know, I know there's been talk and talk and talk and talk of the rule book for a long time. So it's nice to see one. It finally... came out of the nuke. Remember, the nuke was, was I think it was part of, well, not actually, oh, wait. The well, nuke I still, and the announcement and the R&B announcement stuff. I don't know if that was actually from the nuke, but it was from that that kind of uh, reign of terror, if you will. Right, right. I, I mean, I remember hearing hearing about it and competitors saying, you know, when we get this rule book together, or I can't really. I heard Ben Bateman talk about the rule book a lot, um, and I heard Christian mention it several times. So it's always nice to have something. It's, it's like, you know, the letter of the law. They, they can say, no, yeah. look right here. But I have a feeling, just as they describe the United States Constitution as a living, breathing document, um, I think that the uh, the Schmodown rule book is going to be a living, breathing document, as it yeah. seems to be year by year. Especially because we're, what, going into year eight of this game? <sighs> yeah. Um, yeah. Which is nuts to think about, actually. But, you know, there's going to be a lot still to change. Right, they didn't. They didn't introduce the three-point line in basketball to 1979. Right, right, right. So, right. yeah, yeah, yeah just change. because it's a rule book doesn't mean like this is it forever. Uh, there will definitely be amendments and changes, and and you know, that's that's part of all. How you I do ask this. 
All I ask if there are amendments, a life goal of mine have, has always been I wanted to be one of the people who ratify an amendment. Because <laughs> okay. just I would put that in my Twitter bio, ratifier of amendments. So if we ever do make an amendment to the uh, to the rule book, you know, count your man the boat in. Um, Frank, but this week, man, like I said, there were a lot of great matches. Um, it started off with Brendan Meyer and Mark Andreco. And when I saw that match on paper, a lot of the times you can immediately say, oh, this is the favorite, this is the favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, this person's probably going to win. Just, you know, we watch it enough. We talk about it enough to where you can point those things out. <clears throat> but Mark Andreco and Brendan Meyer... I wasn't entirely sure because um, Mark Andreco, I think, has been trying to go through this metamorphosis as a player in the movie Trivia Schmodown. For a long time, he seemed like the old tried and true of, I know a, a lot about movies more than the average person, so I'm going to do well based on my knowledge alone. And then, then I don't know if he was inspired by Ben Bateman. I don't know if he was inspired by Roxy Stryer. I don't know if he, if he just decided to do it on his own. I don't know what the inspiration is, but he decided to start thinking about strategy. And how to play the game, not just answer the questions. And he did so by going back and watching every single Schmodown match in history. In history. He's seen them all. I think you're the only other person who's ever done that. You've seen them all, yeah. he's seen them just all. Just me two and, of you. and Drake are the only ones that have ever seen every episode. Just me and that's him, true. that's it. Yeah. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Not even Chris. Facts. It's facts. Um, so he went back and did that. And you know what, though? He might be on a short list of competitors who've done that. That's 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 actually another good point that I, I don't know that many players have actually seen every single episode. I'd be interested to know who actually that might be. Well, sometimes when you participate in something, you don't always want to go back and watch it back, right? Yeah. Like I have never seen a full episode of reality wrestling in my life. <laughs> I've never watched one from beginning to end ever. We've done almost three hundred of them. I've never seen one of them. So I, I think that you know maybe some of the people who are involved. Yeah. It's like, okay, I was there. I don't need to go back and watch. Um, but Mark Andreco could be on a short list. So when I see that, then he stacked up against a guy named Brendan Meyer, the kid, the fine young tenderoni. As I get my soundboard up, I wasn't ready for him. Give us some roni, brother. Oh, yeah. The fine young tenderoni, he, um, he's been somebody who day one seemed like after that first match, he was like, okay, yeah, study, strategy, I'm doing it all. And he's someone who knows this game so well. When I talked to Brendan Meyer about the Schmodown at any event that we um, were at prior to this, especially after the draft, and even at the Spectacular, we spent a lot of time sitting next to each other talking about the Schmodown. That guy, that kid, I guess, yeah, he is knowledgeable about this game. And he thinks about point values and question types and categories. He thinks about it all. So when I saw these two guys on paper, I wasn't really sure immediately who was going to be the favorite because they're both coming off wins, obviously, and and, and they, they got a good start to the tournament. For you, did it? Did either one of them seem to have the edge? Was it Brendan because he just did the teams match and he's a little bit more active or, or what? Yeah, I think for for that notion mainly, I would give the, the edge to Brendan Meyer. I mean, he's been playing great ever since he... he came into the league to be honest uh aside maybe from that first match which was still like pretty average but since then i think he's taken his game to another level this year and you could see it in the teams and you saw at the beginning of the year really in that triple threat against dan merle and bibiani um he ostensibly came in second you know you could say so to dan merle um and when you're on the on the stage with 
Bibiani and Dan Merle, and, and you're also one of the main takeaways because of your performance. Uh, that's 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 saying something. And so yeah, I, I thought Brendan Meyer was was the favorite, but I was very curious to see what this downtime for Andreco would produce. And you know, we saw him previously in the first round there, and I thought he played pretty well. And then you know he's going to get a, a different t- a different kind of test. As you mentioned earlier, you know, Brendan Meyer's a more strategic player, thinks about the game in, in, in a lots of different ways. Um, you know, I go back to this conversation I saw Ben Bateman and Brendan Meyer have back in New York, uh, New York 2, when it was the Oyama-Snyder title match. And we're backstage, and Brendan Meyer and Ben Bateman are having this, this chat. And I'm kind of just more or less a fly on the wall there. And just seeing them go back and forth and see Ben pick his brain and and Brendan be a little cautious because he knows what Ben's doing, so he's not trying to give away too much. I mean, it's, it's this Canton and right. game that was great. That would ultimately kind of come to pay pay off for Ben at uh, in, in the tournament, you know, later that year. So uh, it, it was Brendan Meyer is definitely a, a different guy. Um, he's in a separate class of players who think about it on a much more strategic level and to go along with his knowledge. And so Mark and Drake was in definitely for a heck of a challenge. Yeah. Um, I think that everything that you said there was right. So that's why I want to ask you when it came down to the nuts and bolts of this match, my big question, my overarching theme, did Brendan Meyer win this match or did Mark and lose in your opinion? Brendan Meyer definitely won the match and you have to point towards the second round. Brendan Meyer gets uh, the opportunity to hand Mark Andreco a slice because Andreco lands on opponents. And so what does Brendan Meyer do? He hands him movie release dates. Now, that that is generally not a strong category for a vast majority of players in, in the Schmodown. But if you notice that it's on the wheel, and if, I don't mean, also, let's also remember, Brendan Meyer is pretty good at movie release dates, so he very well could have put that on the on the wheel uh, himself, which I think he might have done. Uh, not sure. I'm not confirmed on that. But regardless, he gave that category to Mark Andreco, and that's what really separated the game for Brendan and Andreco because they were both perfect, nine for nine, double dewberries in, in the first round, right, for both those guys, nine points apiece. Um, and then Brendan Meyer had to implement the strategy. He had an opportunity to implement a strategy of giving him a specific, 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 specific <laughs> category and movie release dates, and it paid off because Andreco could only pull off two points out of a possible eight. Andreco checked to multiple choice three times. Um, you know, he was two for three on the multiple choice for two points, but Brendan Meyer he cleaned up on those other opportunities for a total of three points stolen there to go along with his. Um, uh, five points for his round. Um, just great stuff there from Brendan Meyer, capitalizing on an opportunity and, and implementing a strategy that worked and that ultimately put him in position to win the game and win it in a big way. Yeah, and I think for that analysis, you get a... Uh-huh. And if you find the tenderoni, that is right for you. Yeah, Brent, I think that Brendan... Being able to give him that movie release dates, which surprises me that that's a category that's so hard for most people, most players, I should say, because I would think that you have like you can 
generally figure out. I bet you, Frank Janish, even you, Frank Janish, if I said a random movie from the last forty years, yeah, you could give me the the year within like two. Yeah, but you know that's not mean? good enough, Brad. Like everyone can almost do that. No, 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 no. no. You know? But I'm saying with no studying, with no studying, you can sure. do that. So if you study, you can boom get yeah. it down. Like um, I mean, and then like even when you pull up the Wikipedia, the first thing it'll say is Fletch. 1985, mm-hmm. right, in parentheses, or it'll say stuff like that. So I, I don't know why that's such a – maybe somebody can explain it to me, somebody, you know one of the competitors. What's also interesting about that, though, is you kind of bring up you know the studying type of uh, mentality towards movie release dates is that Andreco said, I'm never going to study movie release dates. I'm not going to devote the energy to that. So uh, A, yeah, I don't know. that's a mistake to say out loud. That's swing and a miss. <laughs> um, yeah, Mark. I'm B, sorry, my brother. Uh, it's not that hard, I think, to just randomly peruse IMDb and look at release dates. Uh, if you're going to watch every single match in the Schmodown, I think you have a little time to look at IMDb or Wikipedia to to, to brush up on some of these uh, release dates, if only a glance. If, you know, But, you know, he's going to do what he well, wants to do, and, um, you know, he's been decently successful throughout his career anyways. I just feel, yeah, I mean, he's been decently successful, true. You know, he, he came up short... In his uh, one and only championship, singles championship match, right? Against Bibiani. Um, teams championships, we know what he did. But um, I think that I think that to say that outward, outwardly shocks me from somebody who said they just watched every Schmodown match. Yeah. yeah. It, it's, it's a little shocking. But, but at the same time, like you said, it doesn't take much to study movie release dates. It's like you pull up Wikipedia, 1992, year in film. It'll show you every movie that came out that year. Just speed read. Like, I know that uh, uh, w- the weekend that I was born, the number one movie in the country, you want to know what it was? A Few Good Men. You can't handle the I truth. I just watched that movie, like, earlier this week. Fantastic yeah. movie. It's one of my favorite movies. It's so good. It's a great film. It's a really great film. Really I think that Jack Nicholson gets a lot of love, but he doesn't get enough love. Sure. But Just you in know, general. Also, I think what goes under the radar for that movie is Tom Cruise's impersonation of Jack Nicholson in that movie. It's so good. <laughs> yeah, Tom. You know, man, shout out to my guy, Tom. Shout out to my guy, Tommy Cruise, man. TC, right? Uh, that's what Kanye calls TC. TC Legend. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. TC Legend. TC Legend, right. So anyway, shout out to Brendan Meyer. He moves on. He's going now. He's in the. Is he in the Elite Eight? Is that what we're calling? Well, it? we can't call it the Elite Eight because that's copywritten by the NCAA because you know they steal the fun out of everything. I think we're going with Extreme Eight. I think that's what. We're call the Extreme Eight, brother. I think. Well, I mean, that, that's what I'm calling it. Not what. What, what is know, the Sweet Sixteen? Um, Savage Sixteen. Oh, I like that. So he, yeah, Classy, I came up with bougie, Savage. <laughs> yes, uh, I came up with Savage Sixteen, Extreme Eight. The fearsome four, and then just the final. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> That's it. Just the final. The, the final. The last, the, the last match? The last um, match, yeah. There we go. Well, I like it. So he moves on to the extreme eight, um, does Brendan Meyer. So shout out to him. Now, who, now uh, I'm not looking at the bracket. Do you have the bracket pulled up? I do. So who who is he potentially going to face in the next round? So, yeah, he has the potential to face the winner of the Adam collins Lon harris match. Yeah. There's there's a lot going on there, man. 
Man, Adam Collins' lawn. What a matchup that is. Yeah. Um, And lawn's been playing fantastically, but we saw Adam Collins play perfect. Oh, by the way, Brendan Meyer, he was 15 of 15 in this match. Right. So, you know, he had a perfect, accurate game. Didn't have, you know, the full points because he, you know, went to multiple choice a couple times. But 15 out of 15. So what did, he's what rolling did, what into did the we next come round up with, with that to, momentum. What did we come up with to describe those games again? We had a term that we yeah, made you up. You know, we haven't really officially, I mean, people have floated, you know, flawless game, uh, perfect game. Flawless. Um, things like that. I, I don't know a that no we've misser. actually. Isn't that what we no called misser, it? A no misser? Something like, yeah. So we ha- there's no official uh, language for that. Can we come up with that. one? Can we yeah, just do that? Can we call yeah, it a no misser? We can do whatever we want. We're the rundown boys. The only show that matters. Um, so, so uh, th- th- that's going to be a heavy one. I, I, I'm feeling Adam Collins, right? Uh, not right. physically, of course, but I'm thinking that he is going to win. Um, but it's it's that's a tough one cause because Lon, Lon's been playing lights out pretty much. But you know? as you've talked about earlier, um, for not this episode, but in the past, Lon Harris is prone to the yips. Yips. Good. Could he get the yips against Adam Collins? Could Adam Collins get the yips? I don't know. Could someone? I don't know. Someone Adam get Collins the Adam Collins couldn't feel his legs. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. yip, he might be yip prone. <laughs> I mean, yeah, this early onset yips when you can't feel your legs. <laughs> you know, that's it means he's got know. a restless li- <laughs> yip syndrome. Uh, <laughs> oh boy. Uh, somebody's gonna get mad at that joke. It's okay. Um. Anyway, so I, I, I think it's Adam Collins, and I really like Adam Collins versus the kid. I like Lon versus the kid. Either one of those, those, those are heavy matches. Heavy. It would be. Wait, has got nothing to do with it? It would be an interesting uh, matchup between Adam Collins and Brendan Meyer because I think as much as Brendan Meyer's a student of the game, I think Adam, Adam Collins has proven to be a student yeah. of the game. And to have those two minds go up against each other, not to mention the, the rookie story behind Adam Collins go up against the kid who was also a rookie sensation last year. Uh, meet in this in this part of the tournament would be very exciting, but Lon Harris, the delinquent, I mean, like who doesn't love the delinquent this year? Check this out. Eric, Nerd Chronic, I'm doing this for you. You ready for this? Three, two, Adam Collins has the potential to go all the way, Frank Janish, and be a singles champion. Okay, that's one. Lon, I'm trying to make the promo. Yeah, I know, I know. We've been making these promos <laughs> quite frequently. Well, yeah. Okay, three, two. Look, man, Lon Harris. What we've seen him do with Paulo Yama, he's been sensational. The delinquent has been on point, and I can see the delinquent going out there and upsetting Brendan Meyer. Okay, I'm definitely <laughs> making the promo that's now, good. man. I mean, if he I'm doesn't use it, it, then you know you're writing checks to the wrong person. I, I you know. <laughs> I'm definitely making it. You know what I mean? <laughs> Out of applause. Round of applause. Um, anyway, so I'm looking forward to either one of those matches uh, that's going to happen. Brendan Myers got his work cut out for him. What, now, was Liz Shannon Miller and Chance next? No. What was next? Uh, oh, during the week, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, we had uh, Jader and Tom. Oh, Jader and Tom. Okay. Here is my overarching thought about this match. Tom is still impressive. Yes. Jader has gotten better. Jader has gotten a lot better, I think, because when you saw him in that match with Brittany Young, don't wink your head like that. You know what I mean? Don't worry. I'm going to come at you. Hold but on. I, but, but if you don't see improvement from his match with Brittany Young to this match, 
Um, I, I don't know what we're talking about here. Okay. I mean, his win against Vavita was was good, and then the way I mean, he didn't obviously it didn't turn out in his favor here, but I'm seeing improvement, and that's what I'm looking for from Jader because Jader's coming into this you know wet behind the ears, and um, I think that he's he's proven that he deserves to be in the league, and I think that he continually is, get, mm-hmm. is getting better and better. Oh, Jader definitely has proven that he belongs. In the league. I'm not going to disagree with that at all. The improvement, I think, it depends where you're looking. Uh, In terms of his poise and in terms of his mentality towards the game, entering a match, playing a match, I think there's definitely improvement between Brittany Young and when he played here with Tom. But when you, and and then his first rounds have been incredible. I mean, he's only missed, uh, let me pull up his numbers here real quick. Uh, Jader this year in three matches, in three matches. Uh, which, if you're, if you're basing just on the eight questions alone, he's 22 out of 24 in three matches. And he has now a perfect first round behind him after what he did here against Tom. So he's 22 out of 24. That's That, to me alone, shows me that he definitely belongs in the league, and, and there's going to be a place for him in the league, not to mention wh- what... He could mean to someone else next year on a on a different mm. faction on a different team. That's a whole mm. other discussion that um, I'm very excited to have one of these days. But when you look at his second rounds, and this goes for a lot of I think newer players as well, the second rounds just haven't been as strong. Brad, in three matches, do you know how many second round questions Jader has answered correctly? He's answered four. Four out of, out of 12. Three matches? In three right, matches, he answered four out of 12. That's not good. He's accumulated 33%. a total of seven points in three in three matches, in three rounds, you know, of, of his own four questions. He's amassed seven points off of four correct answers in three matches. That is not good. His first rounds right. are exquisite, phenomenal, right, top tier. But when it gets to the second round, Things just don't line up for him. He gets a bad category, which happened here. To him, he got 80s, and it was just an absolute uh, meltdown in terms of just couldn't pull anything because he hadn't seen it or couldn't remember it or was, he just couldn't maneuver. He went multiple choice all four times. This is after this is a guy who just went 9 for 9, outscored Tom. 9 to 7 in the first round. He lands on opponents. Tom gives him 80s. He gets one point. One point. And like that, his lead is gone. Tom overtakes him and is sixteen to ten before you know it. That's that's a that's a brutal turn. That's a brutal uh, way to end your first two rounds after you started perfect. Um, has Jader overall improved? I think so. Yes, but second rounds, man. Like he's got to go into next season or this off season when it does happen for him, uh, and he's got to look. He's got to pull a Ben Bateman and. Look at all the categories around that wheel, and he's got to learn. He's got to pick and choose which ones he's going to master and which ones, you know, um, to attack to improve his game because now he's at that level. He's proven his first-round prowess, which I think would put him on a lot of short lists for next year in terms of who are we going to team up Jader with. I mean, he's going to this tournament, team's tournament, with teamed up with Brandon Hanna, who's not an A-list player. We have never right. seen him play singles or teams. But going into next year... Who's an A-list talent or close to A-list that's like, I need a number two who's going to be solid? 
Jader's going to be on a lot of short lists, I think, given the way he plays yeah. his first rounds. And if, you're, and if you're the other player, you're like, well, I'm pretty good in the second in the second round, and you know he's there to bounce off. You know, maybe you know we can maybe we could do something. We can do something. And then you look at his Jader's final rounds. He's generally pretty good there, and if you only stick him with the two, he's proven more than adequate with at least a two pointer. So you're looking at a really solid team player in Jader, but if he can finally round out his game by mastering some second round categories, then you're looking at a more complete player for a singles run. And this guy who got plucked out of Orlando, I don't know how many times we're going to say it, plucked out of Orlando, now he's, <laughs> now he's becoming one of the best uh, or more, um, a player you definitely got to take notice. He's not just a fan. He's actually in the league and playing. Look, man, they plucked you out of Chicago and look at you now. <laughs> <laughs> they the sure best did. stat man in the business. The best stat yeah. man. Is that a BB King shirt? This is a BB King shirt. As BB Kings, right? The restaurant. The restaurant, yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I've told you my BB King story, right? Like three times. But go ahead for Hilarious. the fourth. Hilarious. No, you actually you, never, no, you have never. I haven't told you no. this? No. Okay, real quick. It's 20 seconds. I'm sorry, guys, but I have to tell you this. It's <laughs> hilarious. I was in New York City. BB Kings. Went, went there. I was watching some live music. And then I saw... On the marquee tomorrow night, the Red Hot Chili Peppers. I said, oh, yeah, guess who's coming back to BB Kings tomorrow? And I'm thinking, this is kind of crazy. Anthony Kiedis and Flea are going to be on this stage, such a small stage, small intimate venue in New York City. This is going to be insane. So I went, boom, bought the tickets, right, online, ready to go. Come back the next day. I'm hyped. I'm excited. I'm ready to give it away, give it away, give it away now, right? I'm hyped. Sit in the crowd. <laughs> oh. The curtain opens, and they say, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the Red Hot Chili Pipers. <laughs> oh. And they were, a, they were a bagpipe cover band of the that. Red Hot Chili Peppers. Oh, my goodness. I was disappointed, but I did enjoy myself, but I was felt like a fool for not reading properly. You were like the this close to seeing needles in person. I mean, unbelievable. Douglas J, man. Douglas J. I was real close, <laughs> but uh, it did. It, it, I thought you were going to say, like, instead it was B.B. King himself who showed up. But no, it was the Red Hot Chili Pipers. It was the Red Hot Chili Pipers. Man, you got to read. Think, do you think Kate's a good manager? You just came out of nowhere with that. And to that, I'd say, eh, he's all right. What does what eh? What does eh mean? Eh, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think they started off hot, and then they've oh, just, don't mince your words, Frank. You never mince your words. What? Well, say what you're they've thinking. They've trickled. They've trickled off this. You know, I mean, they were they're competing in the top three, and then Ben Goddard didn't enter the singles tournament. Which that's, you know, a, that's the biggest swing and miss. And I understand, time. like that was a, that was a discussion between both of them. Look, look, look. And I and, I and heard, look, I actually, I actually have more of an issue with Ben than I do with Kate on that because it's I do you know, too. And because look, and honestly, I heard and Ben some, say, I heard Ben say on backstage yeah. they had a conversation and he was like, well, you know, other people should have an opportunity to play, which I commend him for wanting to get his teammates involved, but at the same time. This isn't everyone gets a turn, right? Yeah. This isn't a participation right. trophy league. This is do you want to win or do you not want to win? If you want to win, you play because you're very, very good. If you don't want to win and you don't want your your teammates to get a lot of points, you put in the JV squad. 
That's what you do. And guess what? That's why they're not on the top of the totem pole right now. Well, and, and, and this actually speaks to an entirely different conversation when it comes to Goddard and how I perceive, from where I'm sitting, how I perceive how much, t- how much time he wants to dedicate towards the Schmodown, to be completely frank with you. Mm. Um, because well, if you're going to be frank, you got to let me be Sammy or Dean. Okay, you, you can be Sammy. You can be Sammy. I don't know if that'll work. I'll go with Dean. <laughs> yeah, it's true. But uh, anyways, um, so because and it's and it's it's the commitment towards the Schmodown because I understand that God has got his own thing going on. You know, the whole brigade and his channel. He's got other things going on that he wants to tackle and pursue. I hundred percent understand that. But that to me seems like when you when you look at it through that lens, it seems to me that that's where his focus and his energy. That's where he's focusing his energy right now and i don't know that it's going to be on the show because he had the opportunity to be in the singles tournament and i feel like and also hey look you also got to make a living i get that too he was in he was a bartender and everything that had with covid you know you got to make some adjustments on the fly i get For all sure 100 percent. get all that 100 percent. so can ben goddard be the player that i think we all thought he was going to be it's if he wants to. Now, I don't know if he wants to because there are other people in the same space like John Rogo who does like 80 billion things and he's still playing at a high level. And if Goddard, on a personal level, can't figure out that balance, okay, I understand that. But then he's just not going to be the player I think that we thought he was going to be, if that makes any sense. He, I mean, he had, he had championship written all over him, you know. Mm. He did. I think that I think that he he could have been a champion in this league. Um, I don't know now. Yeah, I mean, I honestly, know. I really I really don't know. Like, where I don't know where does his priorities lie? Um, I'm not saying that it has to be the showdown, but no. But we've I think we've seen players that make it a priority have done pretty well yeah. for themselves. And that's just with anything in life. You know, you make something a priority and you attack it, you're going to see some good results if you put in the work. I don't know if Ben is in a situation right now where he's able to do that. So, and that's also, right. I think, something to consider for other managers next year. If they're going to, you know, try and sign him or draft him, whatever the case may be. Because, to me, I don't know that he's going to stick with the den, given what he said on, I think, was it SCN or Backstage? I forget which episode it was. But it didn't really. I think they asked him on backstage, "You're going to be with the Den," and he could have easily said, "Oh yeah, absolutely." You know, 100. percent I love Kate. He he left all those options open. So, and that's that's also like I don't know if he's going to be a teammate with Rachel Silvestrini and the pride that's going to exist that exist next year. I don't think any of that's going to exist next year. I think he's going to go somewhere else and and find a situation oh. perhaps that that works better for him. I don't know. Look, look, man. The den isn't going to look like it looks this year. There's no way. Yeah. I, I don't think Tom and Paul are a team next year. I yeah. don't think uh, Rachel and Ben are a team. I don't. Th- I don't think we're going to see a lot of the familiar faces. I think it's going to all be different. But that's neither here nor there. So you don't think that Kate's a great manager? <laughs> I. What's look. better? Let me ask you this. What's better? Yeah. Her managerial ability or her Chicago accent? Oh, why would you do that to me, Brad? That's a really Oh, is it that close? It's that close. Is it that close? It's that oh close. My. And look, and look, also I, 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 I have to put out there, I don't know what Kate does 
behind the scenes. I don't know what she doesn't right. do behind the scenes. Right. And do I think she's a good cheerleader for her players? Because that's what I can see. Absolutely, 100%. It's because when I hear conversations from other players about and the culture, like actual team culture between corruption, swag, even to a degree, Finstock Exchange, um, usual suspects, I don't really hear that stuff out of the den, out of the burning droves. Um, I don't hear it out of the rock stars, but I think that's kind of a different situation they got going on there. Um, they do it in their own way, and, and that could very well be the same for the den, but I don't hear that type of stuff out from the den. So mm-hmm. I'm inclined to say that based on the information that's been available to me, I would rank her below some of these other managers that I've heard all these things about and have produced results like Swag, Corruption, Finstock Exchange. You know, you look at those cultures that they've built as a team, as a unit, and they've all done, to varying degrees, great things so far this year. Um, that's not to say that you could have all that and and that means you're going to do great things. No, you, you can still lose. But I don't, you know, it's just interesting what sometimes you hear and don't hear. Right. Um I think you make a really good point about the the culture, the team culture. Um, it seems like Bobby Gucci, good team. Well, he's got a culture. I don't know if he's good team, <laughs> right, culture, but right, he's got right. a culture. Um, I think it's, you know, it's safe to say it's one that works for them. It works for them. Yeah. Right. Right. It's like a couple that is in an open relationship. Huh. <laughs> You're like, I mean, it works for them. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, your it, it's not. It's not my bag, but it works for them. Um, and then, and then Winston's another good one. But, but Kate, the reason I even asked about Kate is because she was kind of harder on herself with Tom for not challenging a particular question mm-hmm. in this match. And I guess the question would be: Would the challenge have been valid? It was over Sin City, and yeah, it was yeah. discussing. I believe George Miller was the director and uh, the credited director. And I had never heard anything other than this, but I'm not like all the way plugged into film stuff. And um, apparently Quentin Tarantino and Robert Rodriguez are also credited directors on Sin City. Yeah. Not something that I was aware of. Again, I'm not. I've never heard that before in know, my life. I'm, I'm not also not a. So when Tom player. said that, I thought he was wrong. I was like, wait, why'd you list three people? It's interesting because like when he said that, I go, oh, that does sort of ring a bell. But I thought he was. But my mind also was thinking about the other movie that Tarantino also like directed with like four other directors and like that. So I was like the Grindhouse it, thing or whatever. Um, not only Grindhouse, no, not Grindhouse, but it was another. Um, it was like four. I can't think of it. Oh, um, okay, four rooms or something. I don't know what that. I don't. I don't mm. know if I just made that up at all. Um, yeah, was it four rooms? I I, I don't. I have no idea. I'm googling it right now. Yeah, it was four rooms. Yeah, never even heard of that. But anyways. But anyways, what? Oh no, no, I said I had never heard of that. But I but initially I thought that that was even a wrong answer, but when I when you look it up on IMDb, it is says directed by uh Quentin Tarantino, Frank Miller, Ro- Robert Rodriguez. Mm-hmm. So, two things come to mind when I see that. Well, one, that's the correct answer then. And two, Quentin Tarantino is lying his ass off about these 10 movies. Uh, but <laughs> Yeah. But, and and three, the question was not specific enough. 
Mm. So Do you I think it, PJ. Well, yes writers? and no. Yes and no. Uh-huh. Uh, because um, the question could have been worded: Name one of the how many directors, three directors, three directors mm-hmm. of Sin City. You know, um, it could have said that, and then that would have squashed any kind of challenge, potential challenge from Tom. Um, that obviously did not happen. Um, but it didn't. It just said, who directed Sin City? So I don't really know the history in terms of uh, who's, like, more of the director, who directed the most of the movie. You know how that goes? So mm-hmm. I don't know if that's what was in mind, but I think it would have had they challenged it. I think, I don't know, was it? I can't remember if they mentioned it on the broadcast or if PJ even talked about, I think it was a different question, but I think he would have lost a challenge um, just if only because they weren't specific enough in saying, mm-hmm. you know, name one of the three or this director, this director. Now, who's the third director of, you know, of Sin City? You know, it wasn't like that. So, right. yeah, he's right to bring it up. It's a valid point to bring up, but I don't think it was enough to waste a challenge on and they didn't. And it ultimately didn't matter. But, I mean, it could have because of the way that first round was going, you know. So Tom gets the W, and who is he potentially matched up with in All the right, next so round? look at that bracket. I have it right here. And he awaits the winner of Ethan Irwin and Eric Zipper. Hmm. Tom and Ethan would be a very fun matchup. Yeah. I really like that one. Eric Zipper's had some magic in him, though. You know, Eric Zipper, that went over Paul Preston. I was sitting right here in this very chair. And when I was watching this match unfold, I was in shock because Paul Preston went deep into the tournament last year. This yeah. is an opening round of a 32-person tournament. There's a lot of people in this thing. You would think that he would have gotten a little bit further, but Eric Zipper said, no, 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 no. I came to play. That's what you forgot. You came You came thinking you were going to win. I came to play. I wasn't sure if a win was going to be guaranteed. My back was against the wall. Call me the Denver Nuggets. I went out there, and I shocked <laughs> oh the world. Goodness. Right? That's who Eric Zipper was. And Eric Zipper showed me something in that match that Eric Zipper has never shown me before, that he can get into a scrap, and he can come out with a win. And I think that although Ethan is likely, based on his recent performances against John Roca and Dan Merle, you got to say that he is the favorite. Former champion, but hey, as Shannon Barney has said all year, this is upset city. I mean, we've this is the year of upsets. It continually happens. Another one happened this week that we're going to talk about, and um, I could see it. I wouldn't bet on it. Yeah, right? I I love Zip's progression. I love his path that he's yes. been on. But Ethan Irwin, the man is an animal. I, there's just for sure. It's going to take a lot of perfect scenarios to line up for Zip to come out with a W in this one. And I'm not saying Ethan Irwin is going to TIO Zipper. I don't think it's going to go down like that. But I just think at the end of the day, Ethan Irwin, as he has most times in his career, just knows more than people. And it's going to happen in this match. And it's just, that's the way it's going to go. Eric is going to miss a couple here or there. And, and Ethan, you know... He's just going to do Ethan Irwin things. That's what he does. That's what he does. That's what he does. That's what he does. He does Ethan Irwin things. All right, we have two more matches to get to. Let's talk about Liz Shannon Miller and Chance Ellison. Oh, yeah, let's. <laughs> <laughs> wow, what a match this was, man. Oh, my gosh. So I remember when Liz went up against Rachel. 
she's just been away for so long. Mm -hmm. I I will admit it. I forgot how potent she was with this knowledge. And I said, well, Rachel's been studying. She's been more active. I'm going to go Rachel. And then she beats Rachel without without breaking a sweat, right? And I'm like, yeah, but now she's going to get Chance. Chance has been the man this season. He's one half of the team's champions. He won the Inner Geekdom tournament out of obscurity, essentially. Um, he's touted to do well in this tournament. I don't know. <sighs> Boy, was I wrong. Liz Shannon Miller... She's got the goods, man. She's got the juice. Remember I said about Mark Riley? Does he have the juice? Lishanna Miller has the juice. You know what I mean? She is reared up and ready to go, and she's ready to play. And I think she heard this. She heard the... Oh, she definitely noted it. She heard the chirping. She heard the chirping, right? She didn't appreciate the chirping out there about her. And she uh, she's using that as a fuel, a motivation to progress in the tournament. So for that, you know. Sometimes she swears, Brad. Sometimes she <laughs> swears. Great moment, by the way. It was just just a great, great moment. Yeah, there. phenomenal. Uh, but Liz is, you know, I think we said it, or I said it in our tournament preview. I'm still waiting for this. This Liz Sh Shannon Miller player that was touted by the Ethan Irwin camp that she's of that ilk. And while she did get the win here, I don't know that she actually played up to those standards. How and, so? And I say that because, I mean, yes, she did, but there's still some little cracks that I'm, I'm curious about because her first round against Chance... She, she was outscored five to seven, seven to five. Not great, you know. She's in her history. She's never been a completely solid top tier first round player. I mean, she's averaging uh, throughout her all her seven matches thus far. She's answered forty out of fifty six questions. That's seventy one point four three percent. She's yet to have a perfect first round. Um, she's gotten close a couple times. She's hit seven three times, once in her debut, and then. Her final match last year and her first match this year, so there it, it's it's there, but she can't really always put a complete first round together. Which, as she goes deeper into the into the tournament and looking at who she could be playing, whether it's barbarian, barbarian, the beast, anyone from the top of that uh, that that quadrant, whether it's Adam Collins, Alon Harris, Brendan Meyer, they're all very good first round players. So she can fall into kind of a little hole the way she did here with Chance. But here's the game changer for Liz. It's Winston Marshall. Because he brings mm. in this strategy element that I don't think Liz was quite up to speed with, especially last year in a rookie year. You know, she's out there on her own as a rookie trying to figure this thing out. Now she's got Winston and company in her corner saying, look, let's put this on the wheel and you know, let's study for this. And if we land it, then we go to it. You know, she ended up um, hitting drama, but, you know, and stuck with it and, they had discussion, and so there's all these other things going on there. When it came to Chance landing on opponents, you know, they honed in and also gave due respect. Like, I don't know where we're going to give Chance, but Festival Darlings, I think, okay, we'll give it a whirl. She's able to get a two-point steal off of it. So something there is working for her. Um, but, man, you know, this final round was – it's probably one of my more favorite 
final rounds in recent memory because of the pace. Oh it's all because gosh. of the pace. All because of the pace. Yes. Brilliant, brilliant pace. It was every ounce, every sense of the word, just haymakers left and right from each other. Just boom, 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 boom. I mean, it was just nonstop onslaught from both of them. It was glorious. But did but did the pacing have a, a cause an issue for chance? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like because that last one, whew, he went quick, right? He went real quick. Twenty ten shot. The his five point. His five. Um, I mean he, yeah, I don't know. You don't know what if the pace threw him off. I, I. I he you know did use a repeat there, right? So, well, well, the, the reason the reason I ask this is because when you get into that, right, mm. it's like you've been watching the NBA playoffs. Whenever someone hits a real swaggy and icy three, what what does the other team do? They come back and they try to jack up a three yeah, too. Yeah, and then if they hit it, the other team's like, "All right, that was cute, son." But watch this: LeBron fadeaway right over Russell Westbrook three. Bah! How do you like that? And, and you get caught up in it. So now, Russ, I'm going to drive it back yeah. down. I'm going to yeah. jack up a three. Oh, wait a minute. I missed by 40 feet, right? Like, I think that sometimes you get into this competitive pacing thing, like, oh, we're showing off for each other, but I'm not taking the adequate time that I need, and, and, and I'm not bringing them to my pace, all right? I'm the veteran here. I'm not going to react to them. Because we saw the pacing that Chance had in that uh, in that team's match when he won the title. He knew the answer the whole time. He was just <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, I'm going to make you wait. Yeah. So I, I just don't know if that played into his downfall. I think there's some, there's definitely something there for sure. I, I'm not going to completely disregard it because I think there is there's something to be said for that. I do think, though, by the time we got to the five-pointers, because this was the game decided one, I think that pace that we saw with the two and three-pointers had slowed down a little bit. Um, but yeah, he still could have been mentally kind of like in that mode, sure. But uh, you know, Cloud Atlas, John Carter, I mean, all that. I mean, it's it's tough. But it's also, I you know, when you see someone also get movie release dates as a five pointer, um, which I had to, I I went back and did some research on movie release dates in the final round, Brad, because. Mm-hmm. I don't really recall ever seeing movie release dates pop up in the final round. And it's actually happened a couple of times thus far in the tournament. But as a whole, I went back and looked. So far this year, in 2020, we've seen movie release dates pop up in the final round one, two, three, four times. Three times as a two-pointer and uh, one time as a five-pointer here for Liz. When you look at 2019... How many times movie release dates came up in the final round? How many? Goose egg. Zero. Wow, really? You know how many times it came up in 2018? How many? Goose egg. Zero. Wow. You know how many times it came up in 2017? Goose egg. Zero. No, actually, it came up three times. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and and players were two for three uh, on answering those. Um, in 2016, it came up. Twice. So, doing the math there, we've seen movie release dates pop up nine times in the entire history mm-hmm. of the Schmodown appear in the final round. 
nine times out of we're like two hundred and thirty five plus matches nine times, and you take away like the fifteen sixteen or twenty knockouts, so no opportunities for that, so you're still looking well over two hundred matches where movie release dates has only popped up in the final round nine times, and all of those times aside from one time has popped up as two pointer. They've all been two-pointers except for one time. This one time against Liz, a five-pointer. Now, wow. when you look at 2018 and 2019 season, I don't know if there was a conscious decision to take movie release dates out of the the possible numbers, the options for the final round. That's more of a question, obviously, for the writers there. But it's coming back here in 2020. Why did I say 2020? That's weird. 2020. Anyways. Uh, we've seen it four 2020 times. sounds a lot better. Yeah, doesn't it? So, it's just interesting because, and I say all that because there was a certain amount of luck in Liz getting a movie release dates question pertaining to a movie that she loves that also has to deal with the name of her cat. Of her cat. I like, mean, what are the odds? What are the odds? That's, people, that is luck. And when I say that, that's not me demeaning the performance of Liz or putting down the performance of Liz. Absolutely not. Well, because when you go on runs like this, you do That's need these point. little instances of luck. Look at the Patriots. Right. They don't go 9-0 and without a little bit of luck. Liz mm-hmm. can't go on a run like this without a little bit of luck. Nobody can in this tournament. People are going to get these right. opportune questions at the right times. And unfortunately for Chance, he just gets burned on another five-pointer. Um, sometimes there's players who have to go through this, and there's some players who don't have to. Chance... By the way, he's a two-times team champion, and he's playing for the Intergeekdom belt this year, but for whatever reason, singles, it's just, you know, he's it's one of these trials that he's got to go through, and, you know, I firmly believe he'll get go get through that fire one of these days, but, I, I mean, it's crazy. It's crazy how that whole five-pointer situation worked out for Liz. All credit in the world to Liz. She played a great game and, and absolutely deserves the win. She answered her five-pointer, and it... I mean, it's just, it's crazy how it just lined up like that for her. Because sometimes yeah. when the stars line up for you, you know, you can go you can go do incredible things. But you know what? With that, it was so lucky. It, when you, when you, really, when you lay that out. And what I mean by so lucky is just the fact that it was a movie that she loved. Name of yeah. her cat. The whole thing. It's almost like lightning striking the Hill Valley clock tower. I discussed that in my book, Back from the Future, a celebration of the greatest time travel story ever told, available on Amazon.com. I just had to get that little plug in there. You know what I mean. Why, yeah, it's been not? a while. Yeah, It's been a while. So I just decided, you know, you know, just to... Oh, my God. You're my favorite, for sure. Um, so, so, Liz. Now, who can Liz, after upsetting Chance the Cobra Ellison, who can she potentially be matched up with in the next round? So, we're going to find out next week, obviously. But it mm-hmm. could be either the Barbarian... Or the Beast. Mm, my dream match. My dream match. Hello. Hello. McFly. Is anybody home? Think McFly. Think. This is my dream match. Um, I'm excited about that one. I don't know who's going to win. Like, yeah. the history of the game, you got to say Bibbs. Recency bias, you got to say Barbarian. Right? Just on, on yeah. what he's done this year. Although Bibbs recently has been phenomenal. Yeah, he's well. been lights out. Um, yeah, so it's gonna be it's gonna be a challenge for either either individual. Um and for Liz, I mean no, I'm not doubting Liz. Liz has been no. phenomenal. She's been great. But it's it's a tall order. 
either way, it's a tall order. Talking about knowledge-wise, Bibiani may be the best of all time when it comes to just pure knowledge of of movies. Yeah. You know, you know who Bibiani is for me. Every time I'm on Twitter and I see something about film or I get into a conversation about film and <laughs> yeah. I don't know the details, yeah. I just tag yeah, him in do. the tweet. I've noticed this, actually. <laughs> I, I do it all the time. I'm like, Bibiani will know, and I just tag him. And then he'll come in with these great like morsels of detail yeah. that no one else would ever know. Um, so that's he's my guy for that. I love William Bibiani. And um, and f- for that reason, it's hard to bet against him, but I also love Barbarian. Like yeah. I have an equal love for both these guys. And for Liz, it's a tall task either way. A hundred percent, and I go back to, you look at, I mean, we still have a relatively small sample size for, for the Barbarian, and we have a lot to work with 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 Bibiani, and I look at, and I go back to those first rounds because she she may not get opponent's choice against either of those players. Mm-hmm. What is she going to do then, you know, and how do those players perform? Because Bibs and Barbarian are some of the most solid players that this game has right now. Um, Liz Shannon Miller could fall into another hole because Bibbs is like a first round master. I mean, he could easily go perfect and put Liz in a two point hole. You know, mm-hmm. same Barbarian could do the same thing. However, given this is however her five pointer could be a question about her dog. Right. You know what I mean? And that's what, and that's what I'm going to reference here is that she got she got struck with some pretty incredible luck with how all that that lined up and i think look swag and christian it was pretty much flabbergasted is flabbergasted by swag and everything going on same same here because something is going on there that you just can't count out any of their players in any match swag swag. drip drip so yeah we come for the chips and again i and i know i already hear it in the comments i see the tweets we're not saying that she just got lucky and won the match, but there was a bit of luck involved. In it. Yes, and right. guess what? Every player gets a lucky question in an opportune time. Even the Let best. Let me ask of you them, this then. You know. Let me ask you this then. Let me ask you this then. Yeah. I mean, wait, wait, wait. Just go back to Dan Merle's question um, against uh, Ethan Irwin, right? The oh, song. About his, he and Mars. Like that song. shit. <laughs> that stuff that lined stuff. up. That stuff lined <laughs> up perfectly. <laughs> Uh, that's, I think that's the first time I've ever done that in like. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay, baby. We a just keep years. moving. Anyways, but moving. that all lined up for him. There's some luck to that. Mm-hmm. You know. No, there's um, definitely luck to it. Know? Now that's my question about this next match. Mark Riley get lucky. Ooh, did Mark Riley get lucky. No. No, no, I mean a little, sure, but I think he he went out and played a great game. He answered thirteen think, of his fifteen questions. He hit that's a great game, a great five pointer. I mean, one of the best polls of the year, if you ask me. Um, to, to, what was his five pointer again? It was uh the answer was flushed away. I forget how it was worded. Oh yeah, um, it was it was the voice cast. They, yeah, they the named cast, some of the voice cast. Yeah, uh, flushed away. I mean, that's a great pull. It's an animated five pointer. Like people don't, you know. Hang those up pa- every day, you know. Perry's five-pointer, although I knew it. Yeah. Did you know it? I did, yeah. yeah. Okay. Although I knew it, and I just watched that movie maybe like three weeks ago. Yeah, me too. Um, <laughs> it's a great movie. People hate on 13. It's so good. It's I great. I, I like it more 12. than 12, to be honest. I, I like, like 12, 12, too, but I like 13 more than 12, but 11 is obviously the best. Right, right, 11, 13, right, 12, right, right. that's how I would do it. I, I agree with that. I agree yeah. with that. How do you feel about Ocean's 8? I like it decent. 
enough. I think I have to go watch it again. I haven't watched it since the theater. You know what? Who I've become a big fan of recently? Not a big fan, but I'm a fan. Anne Hathaway. I never really liked her until recently. I never got the I never got the hate, but okay, you know, in general, you know, she's she's just yeah. like a theater nerd. Yeah, that's what they say, and I'm like, I really don't care. Yeah, she does good movies, most of them. Yeah, she's good. Anyways, I actually heard them talking about her on SEM live, and I was like, you know, let me go watch some Anne Hathaway, and yeah. I just spent some time on YouTube watching clips, and I'm like. You know, she's actually a really good actress. You know what I mean? And you know, I'm not mad at the Catwoman suit. You know what I'm saying? I'm not mad at it. Uh, I'm not mad at it. But so, um, you were saying. Yeah, getting back to this Riley's luck, I mean, was it lucky for him that Perry went perfect? And Dwayne Johnson? That's not luck on the part of Riley? No. No. You know, no. he had to battle some things in this match. And, um, you know, he had a really solid first round, seven points to Perry's six. Uh, he gets he lands on sports something that he wasn't really particularly thrilled with, but he gutted it out and picked up six points of his own, and he's still down by one. Now is it mm-hmm. lucky that Perry missed her three and her five, which were both five pointers? You mean? I mean that three was a five pointer if, if I've ever heard one. What does Gaston say? He decorates every yeah, that, room with. Yeah, that one's with? pretty. That one's pretty tough. That's, that's a pretty, five that's pointer. I'm not gonna, yeah, that's pretty tough. It's pretty tough. Um. I loved that movie. I had no idea. But when you, but would you? I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I can't, I can't really. That's a five pointer. That's a five pointer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're asking I'm you sorry. for like a, a specific lyric in his song. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's pretty. You know, that's a deep cut. That's a deep cut. Yeah. So that's uh, I, that was actually what I meant by did Mark Riley get lucky that she essentially got two five pointers in 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 her in her third round. I mean, yeah. A little. I mean, there's always that's, a little. That's luck. just a part of the game. That's, that's just yeah, a part that's of the absolutely game. part of but the I game. But I will say, yeah. Let me say, let me say, because I don't want, because I, I feel like I've been on like the Mark Riley hate bandwagon a little bit, like not hating on him, but just doubting his ability. He definitely showed that he's he still got it. Mm-hmm. You know, at this match, that that five point pull, like you said, phenomenal pull, great pull. I would, I've never even heard of that movie. No. So the fact that he uh, was able to pull that and shows he that he still watched the damn thing. <laughs> oh man, that's even a level further. Um, yeah. so. you know, watching movies gets you answers. No way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Sorry. I was know, that's having... another really yeah. detailed cough. Man. It's a very odd, Whew, very odd. It's like the truth is just inescapable. Just caught all up in there. Yeah. But yeah. Perry, but Perry, but Perry made herself a must draft next year. This is oh, somebody absolutely. who's going to, she, she's a must draft. You have to have her on. If, if she's available, you take her. And. Even more so based on her comments post match, you know I love mm-hmm. hearing that stuff, and it it actually was, I was I was happy to hear that come from Perry because I understand that the game in the past was difficult for Perry, and now that she's found um, the fun in the game, you know I, I as a fan of the game I love hearing that stuff when someone who, who's playing the game says that, and and that mm-hmm. and that makes me feel really good about. Kind of what, especially what, what Koi's got going on over there with the Mercs. You know, we talked about team culture, team culture earlier. I right, mean, right. Look at the Mercs. I mean, Koi's definitely. I should have mentioned him up top, but I'm mentioning him now. Um, you know, he's got a, a lot of that going on for him in the Mercs. Um, so absolutely, Perry's got to be on your radar. If I mean, I'd, she's probably not one of these what I would what you would call franchise player. But she's someone that you would seriously consider in the first two rounds of the draft coming up. For sure. 
for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so Mark Riley, though, do you see him now going far in the tournament now? Or, what, I mean, what do you see? Do you think this has reinvigorated his career? I think, I definitely think it's reinvigorated him, for sure. I think when you look at this game, he answered 13 out of 15. That's 80, almost 87% correct. 20 out of 26 points, which, by the way, those 20 points, that's a career high for him. He's never answered. He's never put up 20 points in his mm-hmm. career. He's hit 19 a few times, but never 20, so he puts up a career high, 20 points, 13 out of 15. Uh, Perry was 11 out of 15, 73% accuracy. You know, missing the, the, the three and the five will bring that that rate down. But Mark Riley, uh, you know, I, I think we talked about it with a little bit with with Christian last week is that we haven't really heard a lot from Riley. Everything's been going on between Roca and Bateman and then Merle's thrown in there because he's the champ, obviously. So you're going to hear from him, but we haven't really, and then Barbarian because he's the new kid on the block. He's playing inner geekdom. He's making all these kinds of noise and he's Gucci's golden boy. But where has Riley been? And for him to get a win like this with basically Gucci there for like two thirds of the match, um, you know, I think is is good for Riley, but bad for Gucci. Um, but good for the exchange as a whole because imagine Riley loses this match, and you have the fallout from Bateman and the losses that Roke has racked up. The founding fathers not able to retain. I mean, these guys were going downhill quick, and who right. comes in and puts a stop to that? If only, if only momentarily, at least. Mark Riley with this win, right? Mm-hmm. So I mean, it's a huge, it's a huge um, spot to lift up his team to kind of stop the bleeding there, and and you know, and we'll see what what Riley can do with this type of momentum and play because thirteen out of fifteen, and you only miss uh, he missed a three pointer and a first round question. It's not bad. It's a good day at the office, and it got him a That's W against uh, against an up and coming opponent in, in Perry. Who I think, yeah, you're right. Got to be on everyone's radar next year. Absolutely, man. Well, speaking of the team standings, let's look at them, Frank Janish. Who are our top three occupants? They probably look familiar, but are they in the same order? Yeah. What we got? So, at number three, we're going to have Corruption, 42 points there. And at number two, it was previously Finstock Exchange because Swag had overtaken the league with that Liz Shannon Miller match. And they put them at 45 points. But with Mark Riley getting this win a day later, that puts Finstock Exchange back at the number one spot, 47 points. So there you have it. Finstock Exchange, 47. Swag, 45. Corruption, 42. And, oh, by the way, the Quirky Mercs, they have 29 points at fourth place. Wow. So that's a huge gap between third and fourth. Wow, yeah. That's like a – you're going to be at fourth. (laughs) You know what I mean? You're not going to get pretty any any higher than that. Yeah. Um – yeah, that that's a pretty that's a pretty um, interesting turn of events for the Finstock Exchange. I mean, obviously they still have the championship in their faction after the Damrell Ben yeah. Bateman match, um, and then uh, for Mark Riley to go out there and pull out a victory and take it, take those points away from the Quirky Mercs, somehow, some way, the Finstock Exchange, even through yeah. all their turmoil, they find a way. They find a way to still be in first place. Will that stay? I don't know. I am doubtful. Well, that's um, you. That's you. But, you know, looking at this um, this bracket and, and looking at corruption, because corruption is five points now off the league. 
and they've lost Chance. They've they lost Kalinowski. They lost Marisol. And they have Adam Collins, the rookie, that they picked up in midseason free agency. Right? Mm-hmm. And he took down Roca. Now he's going to have to play Lon. If corruption wants to do anything in terms of vying for that top spot, it all rests on Adam Collins' shoulders. It really does because Swag still has Liz Shannon Miller and Paul Yama's going next week. And if he can pull off a win, that's hugely detrimental to corruption. If Barbarian beats Bibbs, that means they have two players now in another round with Riley, obviously. And Corruption only has one guy. And if he loses the line, that's it. They're done. Swag and, and Finstock Exchange could have some more options to get further into the tournament. Um, it's, it's crazy because Lon Harris, Adam Collins, Swag v. Corruption. Huge match. I mean, that is monumental in yeah. terms of standings. because, And then also Corruption is going to be becoming a huge fan of the Rockstars when Jeff Snyder takes on Paul Oyama. Because they, they want Jeff Snyder to beat Paul, right? Finstock Exchange, you know, Bibbs and um, is taking on, you know, Barbarian. Obviously, Swag and Corruption want Bibbs to win. The Mercs, yeah. So, I point. mean, there's going to be some weird rooting well, going on. It's coming out of the wire, man. It's coming out of the <laughs> wire. Great. It's going to be really interesting to see what happens uh, when we get closer to Spectacular. But Frank Janish, we've said it all. We've talked about a lot. About an hour and 12 minutes worth. 11. Twelve, same thing. Anything else you want to say? I just want to say, um, get your pets spayed and neutered. You know, just do your duty. You know, <laughs> I'm from Chicago. You know, <laughs> yeah, that's that's more of like a Bob Barker it. thing. No, your accent, your your oh yeah. It was what like, is mine? You know, I don't like it's between like somewhere in like North Dakota and Canada. I don't know. <laughs> I'll get a I'll get a better Chicago accent than Kate. Just my just get yeah, let me uh, you know, let me work if, on it for a little. If the bar if or who's 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 the den got left in this? Okay, Tom, right? So, man, you know what? Also, that top right quad is like there's nothing of consequence to the top three <laughs> factions. It's really like bat, it's battle for the bottom of the barrel with the dungeon going up against the usual suspects and Zip and Irwin. And then there's Tom for the den who's like, we were once near the top. We're just in the, the middle now. The battle for the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> but, I mean, it's it's actually pretty important because the more Ethan Irwin wins, that first-round pick for the Drugs gets pushed back a little bit more. So, yeah. really, the Drugs want Ethan, uh, Ethan Irwin to lose the Zipper, right? So that way, because uh, currently the usual suspects are eighth, if Ethan beats Zip, then they move up a spot. So that's not good mm-hmm. for the Droogs, because currently at the season end of the day, the Droogs are in last place, <clears throat> and the usual suspects are in eighth. So they would get back-to-back <laughs> picks in the first round. They get the first and second pick oh, of yeah. the first round of the draft. And also, by the way, because you get to sign three players in the offseason, this is a, this is something that I think was yelled at us in the comments that we didn't bring up with Ben Baton going all ballistic, was that he could go to the Droogs and run that ship, build it from scratch, recruit two other players for him. If he's on the Droogs, they have the first two picks in 
the draft, the first round. Wow. Now you got five players that are going to be adequate, top yeah. tier. I mean, he could do a lot of damage if that's the route he wants to go, you know, and uh, crazy scenario could happen. Crazy. We shall see Frankie Boy Janish, but you can find him and follow him at FrankieJ29 on Twitter and Instagram. He posted some interesting photos over there. You should go look at him. Maybe yeah. hit him up in the DMs. Slide all it over. Hey. And you can find me on uh, all social media at Brad Gilmore. We will be back next week. Same time, same place, on the Schmodown Entertainment Network. Now, can you dig that? Sucker. Have you made the switch to NYX? Millions of women have made the switch to the revolutionary period underwear from NYX. That's K-N-I-X. Period panties from NYX are like no other, making them the number one leak-proof underwear brand in North America. They're comfy, stylish, and absorbent, perfect for period protection from your lightest to your heaviest days. They look, feel, and machine wash just like regular underwear, but feature incognito protection that has you covered. You can shop sizes from extra small to 4XL. Choose from all kinds of colors, prints, and different styles, from bikinis to boy shorts, thongs to high-rise. You've got to try NYX. See why millions are ditching disposable, wasteful period products and have switched to NYX. Go to knix.com and get 15% off with promo code TRY15. That's nyx.com promo code TRY15 for 15% off life-changing period underwear. That's knix.com.